Uh, good morning, good morning. Uh, welcome to another exciting episode of the Historian Speaks podcast. The Historian Speaks podcast is an extension of an online platform titled historianspeaks.org. The historianspeaks.org platform has been in existence since February of 2020, and we have covered all the major events of 2020, which has been a very harrowing year. We have looked at the pandemic. We did our first blog on the pandemic on March the 14th, and we covered the protests throughout the summer following the murder of George Floyd. We are also we have also covered every major police brutality incident throughout the year. We have provided uh, in-depth coverage, personal uh, reflections, and we have provided a host of uh, informational um bibliographies on various aspects of the contemporary African-American experience. We urge you to support our work. Obviously, you can support our work in one of three ways. One, you can visit our platform at historianspeaks.org. Visit early and often. Leave your comments on our blogs. You can comment on any aspect of the site. There is a pop-up screen announcing the upcoming blog for the week, and then there's also a comment dialogue, which you can click on and send email directly to us and comment on the site. On the blog area, you can send emails about the blogs. Two, sign up for our email list. Sign up for our email list. You will receive weekly updates about new activities and blogs from the previous week. And additional advertisements will be available to you about the blog. Three, support our platform. Support our platform. You can do that right from the site. Uh, there is a PayPal link. We urge you to become a recurring uh, member. That is, you can provide a small donation uh, to the site each month to help us with the work that we're trying to do. We need you to help us. We want you to listen uh, and to read our blogs. We appreciate you. Today, we have another exciting episode of the Historian Speaks uh, podcast. Today we're going to be looking at the popular star series, P-Valley. P-Valley. Uh, today uh, I am with uh, our associate editor, editor uh, Kashanta Drake, and uh, we're going to look at uh, and have a conversation about P-Valley, the popular stars uh, series, episodes one through four. Now I'm going to turn the floor over to Mrs. Drake. Hello. Good morning, Ms. Drake. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm super excited about our topic today. So let's just jump right in. So one of my favorite characters on the show is Mercedes. I just love, love, love her character. Um, well, we know, you know, Mercedes, she strips at night, but like as we're watching the show, we soon find out that she's not only just a stripper, but she teaches young girls how, you know, dance. She teaches dance for young girls. Um, she has a, a lot going on in her life. Like she has goals. So she's at P, you know, she's at the pink to, you know, come up in the world. Like that's, she's grinding such that she can get this dance studio. One of the characters that I find interesting when talking about Mercedes is her mom. So we talked about this yesterday and how they're very similar. So once I rewatched it, you know, the, the first four episodes for the four, fourth time, I realized, yeah, 
there there is some similarities because in the first episode we see Mercedes she's entertaining these men she's getting this money the same way her and she's able to get these men like her mother tells her you're able to get these men to you know off their um their car note and house note you know you're you're able to make these people pay you all of this money and her mom is the same way you know we get this scene of her in the church she's very theatrical she's singing she's putting on the show these people are basically putting their money in the in the plate because of her so i find that quite interesting but i see i see Mm kind of like the differences because her mom you know has this contract with her mom that you know she's she puts she put twenty thousand dollars in the church's um account so that they can get a loan to um rebuild or reconstruct the church and in a way, we find out that her mom has no intention of giving her back this money, you know, in the first four episodes. We find that clear because she's saying, you know, um, what was all this talk when I gave you you $20,000 to put into the bank account so that y'all can um, apply for this loan? And we see now that the pressure is on the mom because her mom like, okay, well, next week I'm going to get this dance studio. So you don't have to give me back my money like she she doesn't say anything so we kind of figure as a audience we kind of figure out that there's something there right right so yeah so i think that's certainly true i i found the same thing as i looked at the at the show um clearly both mercedes and her mother are quite similar and what's interesting we see uh with p valley that uh and the paint the paint really is a microcosm of the broader society and so both of these women are in different spaces, but they're in spaces which are quite similar. Mm-hmm. Um, Mercedes, of course, is trying to make her, and does, is, is quite successful in the strip club environment. She's really the, uh, the lead stripper. She is also, as you said, providing counsel and um, um, uh, support for the other uh, young women. She's also very business-minded because she's obviously been saving up for seven years to buy a studio. And she sees herself as really an independent contractor there. Uh, she's an individual who's uh, trying to, um, to, to essentially make her way. She doesn't want to be controlled by the patrons, the, the, the men who patronize the club, or her regulars. And we, we talked a little bit about that as well. And so she is really looking to do something independent. Um, she doesn't want to work. Um, she realizes that she can't be a stripper for the rest of her life has a passion for dance she really is uh, a dancer and she's learned quite a bit Uh, and she's of course also mentoring these young women Uh, and so she is really trying to carve out an independent path her mother also uh, has particular talents uh, at the church Uh, she is a talented singer she's obviously the treasurer of the uh, of the church and she's she's really fighting against the patriarchal control of Pastor Woodbine and the, and the male ministers who really want to essentially uh, keep her in her place. And so a big part of uh, both of their projects is sort of struggling for recognition and getting out from under. They, they really want to be uh, independent and they have the skills to do what's necessary, but they are sort of limited by the environment that they're in and they're looking for a way to um, assert their independence and to do the kinds of things that they want to do to show that they have the uh, ability to do it. And so one is 
doing it through the church. And then, of course, you know, there are these interesting relationships. As you pointed out, the, the money uh, from uh, that uh, Mercedes is making, of course, is going into the church fund to stabilize the church and help the church do certain things in terms of getting loans and other sorts of things. And that reaches a really interesting convergence. Their two stories come together by the time we get into the fourth episode because uh, both women at the very same time are really see an opportunity. In the case of Mercedes, she sees the opportunity to get her gym and then her mother sees the opportunity to get a church after it becomes very clear on the on the on the part of Pastor Woodbine and the males that they uh, he tells her, Woodbine tells her, look, you're never going to be a a preacher in my church. You know, you stay in your lane. <laughs> he tells her, right. stay in your lane. So she knows very clearly right. that they're never going to allow her, regardless of what she does, to be in the pulpit. So she takes matters into her own hands and it has some really interesting repercussions uh, yes. for the relationship uh, between between herself and her daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, one yeah. of the things that I find so. interesting is that um, so we all know in the first four episodes that Mercedes Mercedes is getting ready to retire. So we, we've already discussed that because she's opened up this new dance studio. She's retiring from stripping and she goes in and she, could, and she gives Uncle Clifford this um, this flyer saying, you know, Mercedes last dance. So she has a night to herself and it's uh, Mercedes Sundays. And so this, that previous episode, it was, I think it's episode two where she's dancing um, on Mercedes Sunday and she made all of this money, you know, and she's leaving, she's leaving, she's doing, she's going through her routine and she's, she spots her mom in the crowd. And then, you know, the scene ends and she's walking out to her and she's clearly upset so her mom kind of interferes and she stops her and she's she's like Mercedes and so Mercedes looks at her mom and her mom is telling her yeah these people really worship you you know you have a really you have a really talent for this and she was like if if that's the case you know the church should be getting you know double the tithes and offerings and Mercedes is just like you know she's upset and then her mom goes into this um her theatrics again about religion and how God has um given her a whore as a daughter and she makes Mercedes really upset and so Mercedes offers her a bag and then she's just she's so upset so she offers her the other bag and I'm just like the manipulation that it took you know and so then the next scene, she's back in Uncle Clifford's office because she office because she has to pay the overhead. And so when he's asking her, okay, where's your cut? She's saying she doesn't have it. One thing I find interesting about Uncle Clifford is that he goes, even though he knows that the bank is in trouble, he knows they're financially in trouble, but he gives Mercedes a cut, you know, of what they made that night to help her. And I find that the relationship between... Right, right. So, yeah. So I think uh, that's... uh, Right, right. So that's really uh, interesting in the sense that we see this sort of emotional manipulation on the part of of, um, Mercedes's mother, uh, who is using... Who is quite cleverly extorting, but almost extorting money from her. Right. uh, Using the idea that, uh, you know, you need to this is your tithes and offerings, right? right? So you, you have to get 10% of this to the church. And then that way you are seeking redemption for your soul. So she's very much 
doing the same thing to her daughter that she does on Sunday morning. Right. Uh, that is to get the, the money from folks. And of course, she's already treasurer of the church. And so she's using that as an opportunity. Whether or not she's using this all along to get uh, her own uh, is unknown. But nonetheless, she's quite crafty. So you, you can't, although it, it, it's not clear in the, in the, um, in the, in the script, uh, you can't, given how clever um, Mercedes's mother is, right. you can't put it past her that she doesn't have something in mind right. in the long run, right? She's not planning something uh, for this. And so for the money, which of course is not hers, but so, it, you know, it, it's very interesting because she is really quite clever. And, I, and, and you know, that often we talk about, we, we denigrate um, folks who work in strip clubs and this sort of thing, because we say, well, there's no, you know, this is sinful, this is problematic and so forth. But I think what the producers here are trying to show us is that there are many uh, aspects of, 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 of this type of life, which are quite similar to what's going on in other right. aspects of the community, right? Mm -hmm. So that these, this place is not all too different from the church. Exactly. Right? You see a lot of the same forces at work mm -hmm. and the same kinds of behavior. have started in the sporting and community right right and so they are then now in the church uh doing all sorts of interesting things so um the, the, these worlds are not as disconnected uh and so while people are turning up their nose and so forth it's uh, as mercedes says at one point the mother is trying to sort of they're in the bleachers watching her girls perform and she says well um She's talking about the moralistic nature of Mercedes's work, and then she says, "Well, Mercedes says to her mother, said, well, you are complaining when the when the booty money was. I was giving you the booty money to put in the church, right. so you know, so so that's the, uh, right. the irony, I think, of the situation, right? Yeah, so it's very interesting. Another thing that I find interesting about Mercedes as a character is. Strippers, you know, they're wearing these wigs, but she's in this strip club wearing hair. She's basically right. mm -hmm. just—I I just thought I just found that amazing. I was just like, wow, um, the way they've, you know, created this character. She's in the strip club wearing her natural hair, and I found that to be really interesting. So I really loved that about her character. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So she's very much, uh, I think, um, a staple of the broader community. We see her in in different, um, a different light. We see her certainly outside of the club. So I think they create a very um, holistic character. Uh, and that, that is in keeping with, I think, um, the idea that um, we can think about people as holistic uh, individuals and not just as one thing. Right. They're not one dimensional. So because she's a stripper doesn't mean then that she doesn't have an entire life and that she's she doesn't have things going on outside the club and that she can't present in different ways and do different things. And so we see like the, these multidimensional, she's a multidimensional character and we get to see her in terms of her interactions. And I think that's also true with, 
with um, mm-hmm. with the mother that these aren't stock characters. These are individuals who really are really fleshed out in some very interesting and dynamic ways. And we see, we, you know, we see Mercedes in different uh, circumstances. We see her, you know, running with her pit bull. We see her in the club. We see her um, uh, engaging in the broader community uh, and so forth and so on. So it's a very interesting um, uh, framework. And I think it's, you know, consistent with this idea that people are multidimensional. They're not one dimensional regardless of what right. they do. So I think that's another part of it too. I find mm-hmm. it really interesting that uh, Mercedes is comfortable basically in her own skin. Like I said, she she wears her natural hair. She embraces her melanin. So I really love that about her character as well. Yes. Right. Right. So yeah. next I want to mm-hmm. really talk about Uncle Clifford. Like I lo- I love Uncle Clifford. He's just this animated person he he has all these extravagant outfits he has these rules he take care he takes care of these women as if he's like the fairy godmother you know so one of the things that i find interesting about him in the first couple of episodes is that we're introduced to um uncle clifford on um on Saturday night at the Pink, and he's getting the girls together and he's telling them what they need to do and how they need to do it. And then after Saturday night, we see him taking off his makeup, taking off his wig, taking off his nails to go um, cash a check. Because again, I think you mentioned it earlier when we talked about it, you know, he knows his limitations. Really excited. He he's he goes to check cash his check and he's really confident and he goes up to the teller and he tells them, Oh, you know, here's the check, and they're like, Oh no, Clifford, we're not cashing your check. Um, the last check you had you came in here with bounced. So if you don't have cash, you know, we can't take this check. And he's like, Oh, just take it. And she's like, No. And she was like, you know, he sees his picture up and he's like, Oh, well, you you could have picked a better picture. And so as he's walking out the door, he tells everyone, oh, yes, come to the paint. You see, they're discriminating. Come to the paint. If you want your uh, check cashed, I won't take $35 out your check. And we kind of see him develop throughout um, the episodes. And we kind of see his personality develop throughout the episodes. He's a very interesting character. And the fact that he doesn't try to exploit these women, even when, you know, Mercedes tells him, you know, I'm leaving, you know, he's a little upset because he knows he's going to miss her. But I love how he protects these women. Like he's telling them like, this is not um, something that you can do forever. But he knows that by the, by having this club open for these women, um, I remember a conversation that he was having with uh, Keyshawn, Miss Mississippi. And he's telling her, you know, this is your power. Like, this is how you this is your power being here. You know, he was like, I wish you stopped letting this man mess up your money, you know, meaning her face because it was the episode, a second episode. She comes in and she's been beaten by her boyfriend. And he's, he's like, this is where you gain your power. You know, if he takes this from you, you won't have anything, you know? And he realizes that right? just as you mentioned earlier, you know, um, all roads lead to the pink and he has this club open so that these individuals can come in and they can make a living, you know. And I find that really interesting right. about him is that he's he's not just this boss 
who's like, oh, yeah, make this money, but he's about, they're making this money, but he's all about integrity with it, you know, not just making the money. And I think in the first couple episodes, they hint at, oh, what goes on in these private rooms? And he's telling them, well, if, you know, he's 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 snarky about it. He's like, oh, well, the only way you're going to figure out what's going on in these private rooms is if you get into one of these private rooms. And I think he he really takes care mm-hmm. of his girls, and I really I really love that about him. I really love that about his his character. Well, right. So so Clifford uh, is really a butch queen, and he really does negotiate that role very well. Uh, obviously, in the club, he is the individual who's running the the operation and providing uh, both uh, the business direction, but also, um, as you say, uh, empathy and compassion. For the for the young women that he's working with, um, in, in addition to this, I think he also uh, knows his limitations. So we see he works through several different roles, and and not only you know as I think more about it um, with our earlier discussion, he not only knows the limitations, but he also is always willing to push the envelope depending on what he needs to do. So exactly. he's very calculating. So you see him. So initially, I thought, well, um, he. Uh, as you say, he's very much um, uh, in touch with himself and aware of who he is. And then I thought, well, there's some instances like the one you mentioned where he goes and he dresses up in the suit and then he goes to the check cashing place and of course he's not able to to cash his check. But then he's also crit- crit- uh, critical of uh, the, the fees that are being taken out as you mentioned. But then on the other hand, um, he's when he appears in um, a male dress, he has a, 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 a scarf so he actually feminizes right. his dress <laughs> and his walk, of course, is also quite feminine. And then uh, we see him in other spaces where, for instance, uh, to- later on, towards the fourth episode, we see him, well, we see him, for instance, at the car wash where he is appearing as a butch queen. We see him when he confronts uh, Corbin right. on the plantation when he's on the big uh, um, rice tiller, uh, on the, I'm sorry, the cotton tiller. He is a, is appearing there and with a parasol, right. <laughs> and so and then uh, he uh, appears at the station uh, in, uh, in in his uh, fully dressed, and then of course we see him in other instances where he's at the at the police station, uh, fully dressed. So he does in fact go out uh, dressed as a right. queen outside of the exactly. club, and so he and he's also obviously making a statement about where he. Um, presents and how he presents because again I think he's trying to sort of um, say that regardless of whether or not you accept me or not I'm here and I'm here to do the kind of do whatever business I intend to do so that's uh, that's an interesting sort of uh, framework in terms of how he presents in various uh, aspects of his life and we see this in terms of um, um, how, he, how he deals with, with, with the, his life at the paint but then also in terms of the way in which he sees himself in the broader uh, society. So he's able to kind of negotiate uh, these multiple roles, uh, both inside and outside of the club. And he's quite uh, clever uh, in terms of the way in which he presents and how he uses his appearance to, uh, to make certain points about who he is. You see this at the car wash. You see this when he is uh, uh, at the, at the uh, police station dealing with the sheriff after he gets the uh, foreclosure notice and so forth and so on. So you see him in these different, uh, when, when he goes to speak with Corbin. So you see these kinds of things. And clearly he's making a point with his style uh, and with his dress. He has a particular way because he's always dressed differently. 
and he's doing different things uh, when he interacts with people. So yeah, it's very, very clever, multidimensional character who is uh, really, I think, um, quite, um, quite, um, you know, quite clever. I'm, I'm, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, in terms of, and like, just like many of the people uh, who are working at the paint, you know, they're, they're multidimensional, they're clever. Uh, you can't um, judge them by what they do or how they look or how they appear. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another character that I find interesting is Haley, um, aka Autumn Knight. So I find her yeah, really interesting. Yeah. So just like the wind, she just blew into Chuckalisa, you know. Um, after the hurricane, I believe the hurricane um was like um about the hurricane that happened in Texas or Houston, rather. And she just comes, okay. she shows up at the pink, um, for starts off as like this um booty contest where you win fifty dollars or whatnot and after she wins she's like oh can can I get a job how can I get a how can I uh work here you know do I have to fill out an application you know she's trying to work you know she's trying to um she's about definitely about her money but when I first met her I just thought oh my god this is a fragile woman like she was drinking in her apartment um at that time we know we knew nothing about her daughter but we're watching her lay on this uh mattress that's on the floor these windows that are um, covered in newspaper and she's drinking um, alcohol and she wastes like the alcohol over her phone. And then she's, uh, you know, she hurries up. She quickly, she's screaming, she's upset. And we kind of see her character kind of collide with um, Mercedes character because often it was some type of colorism there. So, so oftentimes, um, Mercedes would make comments like, oh, she's just up there being light. And in many ways, I don't want to say Mercedes was true, but in many ways, like as Mercedes herself, she's very talented. She's an acrobat. She's a part of the Trinity, which is her uh, Miss Mississippi and Gidget. You know what I'm saying? She has to work a lot of times for her money. but And oftentimes when you see Haley, she is basically just doing maybe a lap dance or a table dance and she's earning all of this money. And so there's, there's often been some kind of conflict between the two, you know, in the first, of course, in the first four episodes, there's conflict. And we find out, especially at the car wash, that Haley is suffering from PTSD. Um, so we know because of the previous um, episodes that she was, she was in some sort of flood she was a part of a flood and she has a fear of water so while she's in the the mayor's car you know cleaning his truck or whatnot mercedes is on the outside washing it so she's cleaning the inside mercedes is cleaning the outside but Haley is in the back seat and by her being in the back seat the back seat is on child lock so she thinks you know so she starts freaking out she tries to open the door the door wouldn't open so she thinks, you know, she starts really freaking out. So she opens the sunroof and she goes through the sunroof, which causes all the water to come in on her. And she ac- accuses Mercedes of, you know, locking her in the uh, car, in the truck. And Miss Mississippi comes up and says, oh, you know, it was just on child lock. So everybody's concerned about her. And so, you know, Uncle Clifford sends her home. Uh, Mercedes takes her home. And Mercedes is just, you know, trying to comfort her, but, you know, Haiti is not trying to 
deal with her right now. So she runs up the stairs and Mercedes chases her up the stairs. And she was just like, you're not going to invite me in, you know, for um, a glass of water. That's a Southern thing to do. And she was like, um, I don't have any Kool-Aid. And she slept and she shuts the door. And, you know, Mercedes uh, makes the comment, well, you you don't have any curtains either. So, uh, yeah, I think hey, the Haley character, she is really interesting. So we kind of get a first. Um, we kind of see her, you know, uh, I guess she was money, money uh, doing the money wiring. We kind of get a, a, a sense of right, that, right. like when she's on the yeah. phone, asking, and, like right. she's looking through these IDs and right. she had, she's asking, um, have y'all found this such and such person? They're like, um, yes, we found this person. So she right. throws the ID out. And we see that it's a Texas ID. Right, so we right. know she had to come from some part of right. Texas. And so she's asking, oh, have you seen this person? Right, and they're right. like, we haven't found that person yet. So she pockets that ID. Right. And then she asks about right. Her boyfriend, she says, um, have you found, uh, right. I, I forget, I forgot his name, but, uh, Montavious, Montavious, Montavious right. Walker. And they, say, and they comment yeah. saying, oh yeah, we haven't found him quite yet. So that's some exciting news, right? So she hangs up the phone. Then, you know, I used right. get a sense that like, okay, it's something about this guy. Like it's, it's something to this guy. And so we right. kind of see her ch- uh, around season three because she's changed her look. You know, she has blonde hair now because Gidget, um, she advises right. her to like switch up your look, you know, so she's switching up her look and we kind of right. get a more into who Haley is as a person. You know, she has this encounter with Andre right. who, who really right. becomes mm-hmm. interested in her and then, you know, her run in with Uncle Clifford because she doesn't have her ID. So Uncle Clifford gets her ID and he's questioning her. He was like, yeah, Scorpios and all that stuff. He was like, your, your birthday is right around the corner. Um, Do you like, what What kind of cake do you like? And she's like, chocolate. And he's like, you know, you're, you're a liar. You're hiding something because Scorpios are not born in May. So we kind of see that, you know, she's hiding right. something um from the beginning. Right, mm-hmm. right, yeah. Well, right. So, so I think she's like the other characters in some ways. I mean, uh, she appears to be helpless and hapless. She appears to be the individual who's blown in with the wind. But then uh, what we find is that she's running a very complex uh, telecheck fraud project, uh, staying under the limits of $9,000 per transaction and using uh, the flood and FEMA. So she's actually calling FEMA to determine who's living and who's dead. Uh, And then if uh, the person has not been located, then she knows that she can use this ID because she needs ID to perpetrate the fraud. Uh, And so a part of her living arrangements, how she presents herself is a part of this elaborate cover, right? Because she apparently uh, has, and then in one instance, when she uh, is accumulating all these wire frauds, she ends up putting about $28,000 in the bank. There's a, a scene where she's at the bank and she tries to make this uh, look like money that she actually got right. at the paint. But uh, So she puts it uh, in her in water in her um, in her tub and then she puts um, the alcohol on it and then she hangs it up to dry. So it looks like it's actually these $1 bills that have been um, <laughs> generated as a result of the, uh, and other money that's been generated as a result of uh, her work in the club, but in fact, it's the uh, wire fraud money that she's uh, now putting in the bank. Uh, so she's actually taking 
um, illegal money, money she's obtained illegally, and then cleaning it, and then literally right. Right, cleaning it and putting it in the bank. So it's a very interesting uh, project. So she is not who she seems to be. And I think very early on, Uncle Clifford uh, sees that and knows that she has a fake ID and then uh, requires her to get a, a real ID. And then, of course, she's able to, again, uh, use one of the many IDs that she has in order to, and of course, she needs to check the identity of this individual. And, and that, that becomes her identity. But all, all along, and see, again, I think, we often get the idea that uh, people working in certain professions really are not that clever. That's all they can do. And sort of these stereotypes about strippers, oh, this is all we can do. Uh, you're only so smart. You only use your body, et cetera, et cetera. And we see Haley is quite, uh, um, uh, uh, quite complex, as are all the characters here, right? They are not, you just can't look at them and then make assumptions because of where they work or how they dress or what they do, right? They're much more complex. They are complete human beings. And so they are, um, um, you see these kind of, as again, multidimensional uh, characters because she is in fact uh, someone who appears one way, but in fact is, is uh, doing many other kinds of things. <laughs> and so we see this. And even in terms of her, you know, interactions with uh with uh, right. with with Andrew later on, we or, or Andre, we see her ability to be quite crafty, and so we, you know we could talk about that as well. But um, she's quite crafty in terms of how she she operates, uh, and she she's very well aware of what the broader project is. She doesn't get sort of caught up uh, in um, in what one would expect her to be right. given her profession. She's much more um, multidimensional and much more crafty uh, in this regard. So yeah, so she's um, um, a bit of a you know she 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 again I think is is um, um, again appears one way but indeed is is you know is is quite another and right. it, it is quite crafty and almost to the point of of deception. I mean she's you know she's quite yeah. deceptive I think, in terms of how she operates. I, you know? Yes, she's mm -hmm. very deceptive and self-centered. Yeah, and self-centered in ways that I think, um, self-centered in ways that I think uh, Uncle Clifford and Mercedes right. are not, right? So, so you could almost say that Uncle Clifford and, and Mercedes are interested in really doing, being more legitimate in terms of how they do things because they're, they're, they're really empathetic and, and concerned about people. Whereas I think um, Autumn is very much a, about herself and she really wants to, exactly. to do something for herself. Uh, and, and that's her project. And, and as time unfolds, we know that she, uh, even, even when we get the, later on, uh, after um, Mercedes's mother has taken all of her money, she says, uh, uh, when, when Gidget asked her, what would you do to someone who took your money, took all your money? And she looks at her and says, I'd kill them. Right? She says, I killed them when they're sitting outside right. the bail bonds in this place. Um, she says, I, so Autumn says, I'll, I'll kill them and doesn't really um, flinch at all. She says, I'll, I'll kill them if they took all my money. You know? So, so there's a very kind of dark and sinister side to her. Yeah, she's very interesting. Yeah. I, I think she's, she's selfish to a certain extent. To, to, I think she's self absorbed to a certain extent because she does help um, Gidget get the bail money for Mercedes. 
And right, right, and, yeah. But uh-huh. I do see where you're coming from. She is kind of full of herself, and she's very arrogant, and in a ways that um, Uncle Clifford had to kind of check her about something. He was like, um, "So that night, I believe some of the girls were short, but she—that was the night that she danced with Andre, and he gave her like a thousand dollars for a dance." Because he was right. high off the wings right. that, you know, um, Uncle Clifford and them had made. So he was kind of high. He was doing this negotiation right. with Corbin. And Corbin was trying to right. get him to understand that he's not trying to sell the property because he just inherited it. But due to the fact that his father died because he right. was the mother of the... He was the son of the maid. And we... Right. And so... You know, she makes this money, you know, off of um, Andre and she goes to tip out and she tips out well and she's telling him, yeah, and I got this and I got that. And all the girls are just like, you know, they envying her, you know, they have an attitude, you know what I'm saying? And uh, Mercedes confronts her. She's like, oh, what did you do to get that money? Oh, that's all you did? And um, Haley confronts her back and she was like, well, what do you do in private rooms? And she would, and Mercedes gets upset, and she they're they're about to uh, kind of fight one another, and they uh, you know a uh, big L pushes Mercedes out the room, and basically Uncle Clifford tells everyone to leave, and Uncle Clifford tells her you know next time short me, you know don't do that in front of them next right. time just short me, and right. because I guess right. to a certain extent Haley feels like you know these women they don't understand me they don't like me so why should I even try to be nice or to be friendly with them so she sticks out in a way that you know makes her seem like oh she's better like she's more one of the more um bougie i guess strippers you would say and so i found that interesting about about her right to be because sure. even when yeah. she comes to the yeah. club and she was right. like oh she has these um expensive shoes and the girl comments and she's like oh is that a um she asks her, is that something? And she says it wrong. And Haley corrects her. And, you know, that was like the first time that, you right. know, we see Mercedes stare at her. And she's looking at her like, oh, this this girl here, she thinks that she's just all that in a bag of chips. And so Haley kind of carries that type right. of um, persona that, you know, you know, I'm better. Like, I'm above these women. I'm just, you know, I'm here for a purpose, basically. Right, right. And so I think that is also, you know, and again, I think she appears one way, but then right. she's doing something else. A part of that is also the distancing that's necessary so that people will not uh, discern right. the scam. And so that's another way in which you kind of distance yourself. You, you, you appear to be the odd person out. You appear to be the person who uh, is the least likable. And then, that, then people don't like you. So then they're not trying to get close to you or find out what your business is. And that allows her to perpetrate the scam and, and even early on um uncle clifford really is aware of it because he says that you know you have this this fake id and you know and then you know essentially go on with whatever right. other scams you're running right <laughs> whatever fraud you're running because there is aware very early on that she is engaged possibly in some degree of fraud and so uh he, he really does say that uh because he's aware of that kind of um project yeah so so she's very interesting in terms of how she frames herself in order to do the kind of work that she's doing but yeah so that's a that's another i, I think uh, in my mind at least it's a, it's another 
um, way in which she sort of affects this um, dual persona, right? She's sort of hapless, helpless young woman right. who's come into town, and but then underneath that is a very sinister, self-centered uh, fraudster who's really <laughs> trying to, who really is a very clear idea of how she wants to use this space to get and use the people in it to get what she wants. And so I think that's another part of her, you know, her personality. I think another one of my favorite characters would have to be um, Keyshawn, Miss Mississippi. Miss Mississippi. Um, you know, we see well, her, right, yeah. the first thing mm-hmm. we see her, when, the first time, um, you know, audience really get a chance to see her is when she's, somebody put a bottle on stage and she did a trick and it kind of caused her to cut her head. And so she's like, oh, I can't go back on, you know, someone go out for me. And, you know, Gidget comes over and she was like, "Um, hopefully um, Marlo can fix this. And then she looked and then we get a glimpse of her neck where she also has bruises. And she was like, oh, hopefully she can cover that up, too. And we don't really know, like, you know what that means. We just think, you know, oh, maybe she was hurt. You know, maybe it hurt her head and her neck when she fell or something. So that's what I thought. So I, I didn't really think when I first watched it, oh, she's getting abused until like the ep- second episode and she's coming into the paint. You know, it's, the, you know, it's like the evening before the night, you know, and they're getting ready for the night and they all come in and they're having a meeting with Uncle Clifford and he tells them, you know, um, the overhead has went up. So you know, he's discussing everything with them and she comes in face bruised with her baby in her arms and, you know, she's crying and, you know, Katie asks her, oh, are you upset? And Mercedes uh, tells her, you know, what do you think? You know, you know, are you okay? And she says, oh, what do you think? And so we kind of see Uncle Clifford taking care of her, you know, helping her out. And she says to him, you know, I hit him first. And Uncle Clifford is not wanting to believe that. Right. It's just like, oh, yeah. I know he kind of shares a little of his life. He tells us, you, you know, he tells her, you know, I was in an abusive relationship before as well until I outgreened his, you know, him. And, you know, I had to. I had to do what I needed to do. And that man never messed with me no more. And um, we kind of see right. her um, throughout the... Uh, her this woman who's trying to you know she's well she's very color struck that's for one um kind of see her as this person who loves attention she wants to gain attention like it's she wants this attention um she needs she needs the pink her she gets her confidence she gets her strength from the pink her power comes from the pink you know her confidence in loving herself and being in her body and being one with herself dancing is one of her passions of course she's part of the trinity with um Gidget and um Mercedes but we see you know we see her as like this victim like the whole time it see and we find that diamond he's constantly trying to save her you know she's breastfeeding and you know he walks in with his lunchbox and she's sitting there breastfeeding and she uh she says oh I'm about to leave and he's like no no sit down you know sit down and she was like, well, you can go ahead and um, eat your um, Vienna sausages. So he comes over, he's eating his lunch and they're talking and he's telling her, you know, I can, ca- I can take care of that if you want me to. And she's like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. And we also found out that 
the child, but that child is staying with her mother. Um, we we know that through the conversation she she's had with Uncle Clifford, and we know she's just had the baby. You know, she's just trying to get back into her career as a stripper. You know, she's trying to come up because you know, oftentimes in these scenes, we see her on social media, we see her on live. You know, she's always doing these lives. She's always very energetic. She, you know, she dresses up, she's there, she wants to take pictures, she wants to do all these things. So I kind of find her character really interesting. But at the same time, I also find Diamond characters interesting. This is a guy who brings his lunch to a strip club where they sell food literally in the, but he chooses to bring his lunch. He's very protective over um, Miss Mississippi. He even... At one point, you know, they're leaving the club and he he offers her a ride and she's the only one he offers a ride. He was like, oh, you you need a ride home? And she's like, um, you know, my ride's over there, but she's hesitant to get in the car. We don't know who's in the car, but we, we, can, we can assume that it's her boyfriend and she's hesitant to get in the car um, with the guy, but he offers to give her a ride. So we see kind of how their relationship is developing and we kind of see him as a character developing I mean, we only know so much about him. Hopefully, in the second season, we get to learn more about him. But this character who, who's had military experiences, um, he's a security guard at the paint. He's very um, attentive. Um, he, he's very straightforward. Um, very um, a masculine type. Um, he doesn't mess at all. Um, he really protects the women in the club. So, for example, in, in one of the first episodes when Mercedes is dancing and she's steady telling the guy, you know, watch your hands, you know, watch your hands, and he's not watching his hands, what happens is, you know, Mercedes busts this bottle and she's getting ready to cut him. But what um, Diamond does, he's, he interferes and he throws the guy out of the club. So we kind of see that Diamond, he he's this type of mystery type figure who I'm looking forward to getting to know more about. Oh, right. So I think, uh, again, both Miss Mississippi and Diamond are interesting uh, individuals, and they're not what they seem. Miss um, Mississippi, again, appears as Autumn Knight as um, an individual who is essentially hapless and helpless and needs to be saved. But indeed, she too is quite clever, because as we uh, pointed out before, she uh, is very much concerned with social media and is a very av- uh, an av- av- advocate or very avid user and, of course, has uh, Instagram and Facebook uh, and possibly Twitter, Twitter profiles. And then she is also very anxious once um, Mercedes, it becomes clear that Mercedes is going to retire to take, take her spot. Right. and to be the lead dancer. Then in addition to that, once uh, Mercedes runs into trouble with her mother uh, in, in terms of the transaction with the gym, then uh, it is actually Miss um, Mississippi who comes out and dances and does really uh, an astronomical job exactly. <laughs> in that. So she sees that as her moment and that, that can't be coincidental, right? Because right. She, the performance that she puts on is uh, really uh, an outstanding performance. And so it's as if she's practiced and thought about what she's going to do. So she's very, um, she too is very calculating uh, in terms of what she wants to do. And then of course, as time goes on, uh, the um, the Instagram and, and a popularity that she receives as a result of this work 
uh, she gets 10,000 likes, 10, 20,000 likes. So she is very much aware of her growing popularity. Uh, and then subsequently, a team comes. Uh, another indicator that she is really not what she seems. And of course, Diamond, it's clear that uh, this is someone who's uh, been discharged, perhaps dishonorably, from the army. And so as a result, uh, the only job that he can get is a bouncer at the strip club. But uh, clearly, this individual has a wide variety of skills. And so we wonder if he's a native of um, uh, of the town, um, Chukalisa, then why is the, the only job available to him the job of bouncer at the club? It seems to me that he could also get a job with the police force. Why isn't that the case? So there, as you say, there are a number of things that we don't know about the character. We will have to find out more about him in the, hopefully in the next season and they'll flesh him out. Uh, he's also one of the few characters we don't really see uh, outside of the club. We don't see um, Miss Mississippi outside of the club, but we know she has a love interest. We know she has a baby uh, who's constantly coming, but we don't see her outside of the club either. But um, uh, Diamond is really insular because we don't know it, about anyone who has any relationship to him. And so it's very hard to really gauge what his real story is. And so he's probably one of the most mysterious characters in, uh, in, you know, in the series right. at this point. So hopefully, as you say, we'll see, we'll see and hear more about him and learn more about him uh, in the next, uh, in, you know, in the next season. Yeah. Okay. I just find him interesting because I mean, he, we really don't get like a sense of, we, we kind of get a sense of who he is. He's just very simple guy. Like he brings his own lunch in a tin, uh, in a tin box. He drinks out of his tin cup. I'm just like, it's something very simple about him. Um, I don't know if he suffered from something, but I'm looking forward to, um, getting to know him more. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, getting to know um a lot of the more the characters more um especially i know on this episode we did not get a chance to talk about you know c murder and his relationship with um uncle clifford but i look forward to discussing that you know in the second part to this um episode. right to be sure yeah so we will be uh talking about the next four episodes so we've covered uh episodes one through four and we're looking to come back and do episodes uh, five through eight. And then, of course, also to pick up some themes. There'll be some overlap because some of the things that we'll talk about, for instance, what you've just mentioned, the relationship between C. Murder and Uncle Clifford uh, is certainly overlapping in these first four episodes and then we'll continue into subsequent episodes. So we're really looking forward to those kinds of of discussions in terms of our next. So next week, we're going to do P-Valley five through eight and then also pick up anything we weren't able to uh, discuss here uh, today. So, what are some of your concluding thoughts, at least on on this, in terms of you know what 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 would we what would we think would be some of the like important themes that we would like take away from um, the first four episodes of P Valley? I think um, what I would say that we could take away is that it, it's it's a lot that we can take away. So these characters are they're complex, they're multi layered. So there's lots and lots of stuff to take away from, you know, these characters, especially with the things that are going on, especially with the land development. There's lots of things like this show is a show that you can watch multiple times. And every time you'll find something new, something interesting, something new. So I just look forward to 
keeping this discussion going. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. I think, uh, you know, this is really the mark of a good film. You know, I watch a lot of film, uh, <clears throat> independent film, popular film, uh, and it's really the mark of a good film where one has to come back and you can see different things uh, in terms of the construction of the film, the kinds of things that are being said and done and the way in which the, the plot is layered. And so we see that uh, in this series. There's so much about Black life in the Delta, uh, of the intersections between um, the, the strip club and the other aspects of the broader society, and and that all roads really in, lead to the paint. <laughs> so uh, we'll <clears throat> we'll see how that plays itself out um, in 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 the series, and that these characters are incredibly multidimensional. You really can't look at them in terms of the way they appear or the way they present and say that's who they are. And I think that's another. Uh, testimony to really the profundity of the work because we, you know we that's one of the things I often say about black people that you can't really look at them and judge them you know you, you can't you can't judge a book by its cover so <laughs> it's clear that uh, the, the individuals here cannot be judged by uh, their initial presentation that they're far more complex so this is a rich tapestry of individuals a rich set of themes that we see uh, in the piece and it's really uh, I think exciting. Uh, and really, really illuminates so many aspects of uh, contemporary Black life um, that it really is um, really outstanding, I think, in terms of what it's telling us and what we're seeing through the lives of these characters. Uh, and so I think that's really exciting. So really looking forward to talking more about uh, the characters and the plot and sort of the underlying subtext in the, in the piece and some, some of the larger kinds of themes that are being presented here. Uh, and what what this film really what this um, series really tells us about uh, you know life in the in the contemporary South, but also about contemporary Black life and uh, some of the challenges that that you know Black people are facing. So yeah, I think it, it's very exciting. Yeah. So I think uh, you know these are all, all the things. So again, we will be coming back uh, to continue our conversation for episodes uh, five through eight. Uh, we're going to be discussing P-Valley. We're really excited to continue the conversation. Um, thank you all for coming out for this first installment of our P-Valley conversation. And in the P -Valley, first P-Valley conversation, we've covered episodes one through four. Next week, we will cover episodes five through eight. And I'm looking uh, forward to that. And I hope you will join us. Um, uh, thank you for uh, participating. Uh, we are... Very excited at historianspeaks.org to be bringing you uh, cutting-edge information on African-American life. Please support our work. Please visit uh, and participate in the podcast. Uh, please be sure to join the email list. And then thirdly, please donate and support our work. We appreciate you. We appreciate the work you're doing. Uh, we are very grateful, both... Uh, Myself and then our, also our assistant editor, Kashanta Drake, for the support that you're giving us on the podcast. We encourage you to listen. We are available both on Anchor and on Apple Podcasts. Please listen. Please share uh, this exciting episode and our other episodes with your friends, neighbors, and colleagues. And with that, we are signing off again this week at Historian Speaks Podcast. Thank you and have a wonderful weekend.